Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. of economists left, right, and center, from Wall Street to the, to the private, private uh, 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 economic uh, polling initiatives. The economists, as I said, left, right, and center, say, in addition to the needs the people have, we need this to grow the economy. That if we haven't spent this money and recreated the kind of incentive for people to be able to make a good living, that we'd be in real trouble. Young Democrats like Ben see a lot of promises unkept. They're putting that stimulus check on the back burner. They're putting the minimum wage hike on the back burner. And they're dropping bombs in Syria right now. And those bombs are kind of expensive for a dude who owes him $2,000, you know? So we're 45 days into the Biden presidency, and he has yet to hold a presser. At this point in past presidencies, uh, Every president, you know, from Reagan had addressed reporters, some of them multiple times. So why the delay and when can we expect the president to hold a press conference? Well, first, as all of you know, the president takes questions several times a week. Uh, he took questions actually twice yesterday, uh, which is an opportunity for the people covering the White House to ask him about whatever news is happening on any given day. We look forward to holding a full press conference in the coming weeks before the end of the month. And we're working on setting a final date for that. And as soon as we do, we will let you all know. But this president came in uh, during uh, a historic crisis, two historic crises, a pandemic like the country had not seen in decades and decades, and an economic downturn that left 10 million people out of work. So I think the American people would certainly understand if his focus and his energy and his attention has been on ensuring we secure enough vaccines to vaccinate all Americans, which we will do by the end of May, and then pushing for a, a, a rescue plan that will provide direct checks to almost 160 million Americans. That's where his time, energy, his focus is been. But in the meantime, he takes questions multiple times a week and looks forward to continuing to do that. And as soon as we have a press conference set, we'll let you know. So I want to thank you both. And I want to thank the, the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general. But my my uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary for all he's done to try to implement what we've just talked about and for recommending these two women for promotion. Thank you all. May God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Hey, and welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 10th of March year of our Lord 2021. And that's a motherfucking train wreck. Just a fucking train wreck. That dude doesn't even know what he's saying. But before... 
we're going to have a normal show, do the Biden administration cancel. But I, I got to just say, how do you nominate female gender, you know, generals that Trump held back? That's the big storyline on this. And Jill Biden, uh, she's going to go honor 21 women worldwide for courage. When there is no gender. There's no gender. We don't have gender. Gender is a social construct, you fucking transphobes. But they let them get away with it. All the fucking time. I mean, these are the same people that push this shit. That be in the media. And they never call out the hypocrisy in that. How How do you recognize a woman? There are no women. ACLU, on International Women's Day, here's a reminder that trans women are women. No one gets to tell us what it means to be a woman. Not our bosses, not the government. Policing womanhood is bad for all women. The last liberal. On International Women's Day, you want to remind females that we can't have one single day that actually is about us. Males who feel female have to be centered on this day and every day, apparently. And that's true. UK Burger King. They did it. Got not mocked for making a tweet about it. I mean, no. There are no women. And and secondly, right off the bat, I'm not covering Meghan Merkel. I mean, I got all these fucking... Everybody got obsessed with this. Uh, lefties pissed off because they wouldn't call the Clintons the Royals. Uh, Chris Cuomo, let's see how the righty mouth attacking Marco credibility handled this non-denial again. Why is Marco claim of being racial judgment so troubling for them? It would be, it would, but defending royal family is your job, is what everybody says. No, nobody on the right should care about this, but yet I heard it on every conservative show. They're all talking about Meghan Merkel. Uh, Let's break it down. This is my second thing. If America is a cesspool of fucking racism, where cops roam the street shooting POC, POC are held down under the fist of the man. We can't even get jobs. It's just like Jim Crow. Jesus Christ, we're doing policies right now that is reconstructions after the Civil War. So clearly we haven't changed in a hundred some odd years. This is a shithole country. Why didn't Meghan Merkel come here if it's so racist over there? Which, by the way, the only statement I've heard is, do you actually believe somebody walked up and said, what color is your baby going to be? Do you think that actually happened? Do you think anybody in the royals would actually say that? They might think it. They might be racist. I don't know what's inside somebody's heart. All I know is nobody said that. She made it up. This is a B-list fucking actor from a shitty show that nobody really watched. Nobody watched Suits. Don't even try to say it was like fucking Friends or some shit. Which, let's be honest, Friends is pretty shitty. I guess I don't need my glasses. Um, Who went over and strapped onto a young man, got over there, 
couldn't get, be just show the goddamn respect that everybody would to the queen. Like, you're bitch, you're bitchy because you got to curtsy and meet the grandma. Don't be the ugly American. That used to be liberals. Don't be the ugly American. Go to foreign countries. Do what their customs are. That's the right thing to do. Now, of course, doing the customs that they do makes you appropriating of some sort if they're POC. But if they're white, shit on them. Shit on the monarchy. But do you think anybody literally said what color your baby's going to be? She's making all this fucking shit up. But she ran to America. Illegals. At record numbers, even though it's not a crisis. When we get to it, there's no crisis. We're not going to say crisis. We're just fucking hip deep in illegals. But this is a shitty country. There's violence from cops and white people and white supremacists and QAnon. They're taking over the country. There is domestic terrorism every fucking way. Our capital is fenced encased in razor wire because America is a shithole of violent white supremacists. But they're all coming here. See, when you feed into these fucking stories, you're letting them deflect from all the crazy shit they're doing. You get caught up in what social media and the media is shoving down our neck holes and it's all bullshit. It is circular logic that should be called up. No, President O'Biden. There are no females. You don't get extra credit for doing two female genders or generals that got fucked over by Trump because there are no female genders. They're just eunuchs. We're all eunuchs. And no, Meghan Markle, you don't get to say the monarchy is racist because you came back to the most racist fucking country in the world. The funniest take on all this was Tucker talking about another one of those. You know, we're not going to actually have qualified people in jobs. Not saying Trump did. I'm just saying we're not even looking at qualifications. We're looking at skin colors and this American Indian shit. Goddamn Tucker Carlson. This is just funny as shit. A congresswoman from New Mexico called Deb Holland is Joe Biden's incoming Secretary of the Interior. And that's not a small job. Make fun of it if you will. But the Interior Department manages about a fifth of the entire surface area of the United States. It's got 70,000 employees and an enormous budget. So it's a lot of power to run it. What does Deb Holland plan to do with all this new power? Well, no one's asked her. They're too busy celebrating what she looks like. Congresswoman Deb Holland appearing before senators for her confirmation hearing today. She would make history as the first Native American cabinet secretary if she is confirmed. She would be the first Native American cabinet secretary if confirmed. She is a historic pick in this respect. She is going to be the first Native American to serve in this role. The Interior Department, of course, governs public lands, tribal lands. And so this is going to be a very uh, exciting pick for many Democrats. It's very exciting that Deb Holland is a Native American. That's CNN's position. They don't explain why it's exciting. But it's a good question. Why is it exciting? None of us choose how we were born. It's nothing that we did or that we earned. So it seems a little weird to be, quote, excited about an accident of birth. How excited would CNN be if Deb Holland were unusually tall or had red hair or was born left-handed? The good news for Deb Holland is, since she was born the way that she was, no one is allowed to criticize her, as MSNBC has explained. Well, they're desperate to launch a counterattack against 
the Democratic president. At this point, attacking any old thing will do, but we're also talking about Republicans here. So the go-to is the same go-to as usual, pick out the women and the people of color and just go off. And so several Republicans have decided to target Biden's cabinet nominees of color, like Deb Holland. So that's who Deb Holland is. She's a person of color. The most important thing about Deb Holland is her ethnicity. That's the unanimous message from our professional class. But since we're playing identity politics here, which obviously is disgusting, we wish we weren't. Identity politics is stupid and immoral. But since we are, it's fair to ask a few more questions. Deb Holland identifies as a Native American. On the other hand, Holland sounds very much like a Scandinavian name, and that stuck out to some of us who have Scandinavian names. So what's going on here? Well, in fact, Deb Holland is every bit as much Scandinavian as she is American Indian. Her father was Norwegian. And that means, in addition to everything else, Deb Holland is America's first Norwegian-American interior secretary since Thomas Kleppe served in the Ford administration almost 50 years ago. In their quiet, brooding way, the Scandinavian community, we can tell you, is beaming with pride. Finally, one of ours has made it. Little girls with names like Larson and Hansen and Dahl will watch cabinet meetings on C-SPAN and know that they too have a chance to oversee one-fifth of the American landmass someday. When Deb Holland speaks, she'll be speaking for millions of Norwegian Americans, people whose ancestors have been here in the Americas for more than a thousand years. Their voices can now be heard. Deb Holland, hero to the Nordic people. She's welcome in our sauna anytime. Just looking out of the window, watching the asphalt grow, <laughs> thinking how it all looks handy. How do you know the words to good times? You know I'm black on the inside. So good times, good times. anytime you need a favorite. Good so time. Florida, who, by the way, was a hugely educated, I think she was a Yale. Right now, we have more hungry kids and adults than at any time in this country since the Great De Depression. Why? Because of COVID. Millions thrown into poverty, perhaps the first time in their lives. Millions of others already struggling, thrown into deeper desperation. I know that many of you watching are among them, and you know the reason for your pain. COVID. The problem is so huge and so persistent. President Biden says the fix should be two. Not so fast, say the right side of the aisle. A lot of this help for the poor, for the hungry, the desperate, not really about COVID. So let's not do it. Now, I did the Tucker soundbite, and then I threw in, somehow, it's okay for Chris Cuomo to say I'm black on the inside. That's not appropriating or racist or anything. What does that even fucking mean? And then him rage-spewing against the GOP for the very reasons why we shouldn't let every illegal immigrant in the country become American, because that's like 19, 20 million motherfuckers, and everybody from Central America to come here. You spend all day saying this is a shithole, there's people starving in the streets, there's homeless. It's true. It's mostly Democrat cities where everybody is living on the street and shitting right on the corner of Main Street and 4th Avenue. Our kids ain't eating. They're not even going to fucking school, but then he'll do a segment about how racist and xenophobic the right is because they won't pass a spending bill that is mostly pork. It's all pork. It's just pork. 
And then we deflect again. But I gotta cover this. This is a whole media because they don't want to cover gun grabbing, all his extreme 50, now 54 executive orders. No, we don't want to cover that shit. We'll cover the fucking dogs. There's a dog bed leaning against a wall outside the White House. Press sec. Oh, let's just play this fucking shit. Can you clarify for us uh, what happened with the president's dogs? There's some reports that one of them was involved in a biting incident. Can you clarify exactly what happened? Sure. Uh, Champion Major, the president and first lady's dogs, uh, members of the family, are still getting acclimated and accustomed to their new surroundings and uh, new people. And on Monday, the first family's younger dog, Major, was surprised by an unfamiliar person and reacted in a way that resulted in a minor injury to the individual, which was handled by the White House Medical Unit with no further treatment needed. It had been previously planned already uh, for the dogs to be cared for by family friends in Delaware during Dr. Biden's travels to military bases this week. She has a three-day trip this week, and the dogs will return to the White House soon. Go ahead. Thank you, Jen. I'd like to ask about three things, if that's okay. The, the dogs, immigration, and then Governor Another Cuomo. dogs question. Okay, go I'd ahead. Like to... You can't even get a straight answer out of these motherfuckers. He was surprised. No, he bit a security guard. The two German shepherds belonging to President Joe Biden, first lady Biden, returned to Biden home in Delaware last week after aggressive behavior at the White House involving Major Biden, two sources with the knowledge of it. Biden's dog are back in Delaware after one bit a White House security officer. Nobody wanted to say that he bit a motherfucker. And what did our transcribers do? Reporter, we were promised a White House cat. What happened to that? Where's the cat? Today is a good day for the cat. I don't have any updates on the cat. We know the cat will break the internet. I'm not playing it. I'm not fucking playing it. You have an entire country because Biden's going out front and promoting generals and shit. Four-year-old mummy. I wish we could stop working forever and just play with us every day. Me, feeling guilty. Why did you ask me this and not your dad, four-year-old? Because he earns more money than you. The awareness of gender pay gap starts young. How's your weekend going? First and foremost, no! No, that didn't happen! No! No! My parents, no! Followed by fucking no! No four-year-old said that shit. But they get to play it. We're covering the dog. And we're not even covering that correctly. We're not even saying he bit a motherfucker. They gotta leave. It's so bad. The first White House dogs. I love Major Biden. There's a fucking cult about German Shepherd dogs and these two old fuckers. This motherfucker can't even read a teleprompter. He doesn't. Need a German Shepherd. I got three huge Huskies. I'm telling you. It's a full-time job, man. These are big dogs. You don't have them when you're 100 years old. No. But we're still talking about the Capitol and playing gender bullshit. Where's the scrutiny of lap dog in the press protect Pelosi from the Capitol riots? Why is that still there? Why? Why hasn't anybody said she's in charge of security? Why in the name of Zeus's ass crack 
aren't we talking about that? Her. Her in charge. She was in charge. She's in charge. But no, we didn't talk about that. Why would we talk about that? Because she's a female. But there are no females. We don't talk about this. Ronna McDaniel, who I don't like, it's day 47 and still no Joe Biden press conference. Nobody's pissed off about that. Mm-mm. And then we do the stimulus, which nobody thinks the stimulus was a great deal except for the media. Here's two sound bites. Dan Crenshaw mocking it. Ilian Omar criticizing the Biden administration. How are you doing? Who are you? Well, I'm the government. I'm here to save America, man. I just need your help. Sure. How? Are we finally going to get that small business money out that still hasn't been spent? There's like hundreds of billions of dollars, right? Well, uh, here's the thing. We're going to get to that. Right now, I'm just going to need about $5,750 from you, give or take. Uh, what? Really? Yeah, come on, man. Small price to pay for what you're going to get out of it. See, we're going to make that go a really long way. I mean, I guess so, if that's really what it takes. I mean, I obviously don't have that on me. Charge your kids. They have plenty of money. I don't have any kids. Well, then charge somebody else's kids. Come on, man. Okay, I mean, here you go. And I appreciate it, I guess. It has been a tough year. Okay. Here you go. What's this? That's your... $1,400 check. You're welcome. But I gave you, and, and you gave me back, I don't know. Democrat uh, Ilhan Omar joining us now. Um, when you look at this, and this, uh, specifically this uh, agreement, when it comes to reducing the cap, on the relief checks. Do you see this as Joe Biden abandoning progressives? Well, I see it as a really disappointing development. Uh, we obviously are now ultimately sending um, money to less people than the Trump administration and the you know Senate majority Republicans. There would be no $2,000 check if it wasn't for fucking Trump who said it. The Babylon B, Chad Pergam, first of all. Well, where's the Babylon B? Uh, the Senate has approved a six major coronavirus relief package. The vote was 50-49. It was a party line vote. Dan Sullivan was absent due to death in the family. Justin Senate, da-da-da. Babylon B, gang of mass bandits steals another few trillion from your grandchildren. <laughs> The Washington Post did this thing. Biden's stimulus showers money on Americans, sharply cutting poverty and defining move of his presidency. Does anybody believe this? Most of the money is unspendable to 2022-3-4. Most of it is to bail the fuck out blue cities the federal stimulus package will erase the majority of san francisco's projected 650 million budget deficit over the next two years saving city hall from having to make painful service cuts and layoffs 
New York City is the exact same. When, when conservatives pushed a $1.9 trillion with pork in it, but not bailouts for blue states, as Senate rushes $1.9 trillion bill through Congress, Biden faces doubts over whether it's still the right package. This is North Korea journalism. Carol Roth. Hey, Jeff Bezos, come pick up your newspaper. It's drunk again. Is this a joke? There was a time when government propaganda was a bit more subtle than this. This would be mortifying from Pravda. Pravda. And people wrote articles. Did Pravda write this? Did. From the article. Um, E.J. Dion. While Biden pushes for action on the pandemic and economic uplift for those whose livelihoods have been damaged by it, the GOP is talking about Dr. Seuss. It's a sign that Biden is rolling back the culture war, which is good for him and the country. I'm not reading it. It is a joke. They are the culture war. Everything they say is the culture war. Well, um, I don't know how we're going to run the budget but our budget, our you know, director of uh, this and that's a female. We have a uh, a one leg midget freckled uh, Panamanian uh, Costa Rican uh, black person who's going to head up this department. I mean, they're playing woke bingo with fucking appointments. It's not about qualifications. Every day, bingo. Even media coverage is. Oh, it's going to make Democrats happy. Yeah. And all the while that he's pushing all this liberal shit, Brad Sheep Shakur, how delusional do you have to believe to believe this? Joe Biden could be the most transformational president in 75 years. CNN. Yeah. CNN. Because they think... He'll get his wish list. And the media is still pissed off about the minimum wage. Michael Steele, I want to play for you one of the highlights, or as some of the Democrats would put it, one of the lowlights from today's Senate session. It was quick, but here now the senator from Arizona. Miss Cinema, Miss Cinema. No. Almost a curtsy there as she approached uh, the clerk in the Senate. So, Michael, (laughs) what's the lesson when you lose eight Dems on a vote to increase the minimum wage? Talk about the headwinds ahead of the Democratic Party. Ten days before the last election, the 2020 election, a reporter for the Texas Tribune came across a very strange site in Starr County, Texas. Stark County sits on the border right across from Mexico. It's one of the poorest places in the country. Not a lot of people visit Stark County, Texas. But this reporter did. And he watched as more than 70 vehicles with Trump flags drove in parade formation from the little town of Roma, Texas to Rio Grande City. All aboard the Trump train, read one sign. It was a convoy and was organized by a man called Royal Reyes. Even Reyes couldn't believe the turnout. I was expecting 15 to 20 cars max, he told the reporter. 
And the reason he wasn't expecting more cars is because Stark County is not exactly a Republican stronghold. In fact, just four years before the 2016 election, Hillary Clinton defeated Donald Trump in Stark County, Texas by 60 points. That's definitive. But things changed and they changed fast. In the span of just four years, Star County, Texas moved from deep blue to almost red. Donald Trump finished within just five points of Joe Biden. That's a swing of over 50 points. Now the numbers are even more dramatic in nearby Zapata County. Donald Trump lost Zapata County in 2016 by 33 points, but last November, he easily beat Joe Biden. These are big changes. And you're seeing them all along the Rio Grande Valley, the southern border with Mexico. Now, to the geniuses looking at these numbers in Washington, trying to figure out what they mean, the most amazing thing, the things that leaps out at them immediately, is that Star and Zapata counties are overwhelmingly Hispanic. Star County is 96% Hispanic. Zapata is 85%. So how could Hispanics support Donald Trump in numbers like that? They must be QAnon people. And not only were those two counties non-white, they're very poor, legitimately, as we said, some of the poorest places in the United States. Nearly a third of the residents of Star County, Texas, live in poverty. The median household income in both those counties, Star and Zapata, is under $35,000 a year. But they're voting for Trump. What the hell is going on? Well, a lot of things are going on, probably. But uncontrolled illegal immigration definitely is one of them, probably the main one. And that's completely baffling to people in D.C. If you're a Yale-educated bureaucrat or a nonprofit executive living in Bethesda, of course, you see everything through the lens of identity politics. You've been told to do that. And needless to say, you obey. You always obey. Most illegal aliens are Hispanic, so you assume that most Hispanics support illegal immigration. That's just how you think. The problem is, you're an idiot. You have no idea what you're talking about, but you have no clue how ignorant you are. How could you know? You never leave Bethesda. Congressman Henry Cuellar is a Democrat, but he doesn't live in Bethesda. He lives in Texas. Cuellar represents both Star and Zapata counties. Cuellar sees what's happening. He can't ignore it. On Saturday, he told Fox News that his constituents are being overwhelmed by an influx of migrants from Latin America. And the Biden administration is doing nothing to stop it. In fact, they're lying about it. It might have started under Trump, but when you're the president, you own the situation, whether it's a success or not a success, success it's going to own it. I think in February, we're going to get about 100,000. Uh, and again, I don't care what we call it, but I can tell you this. Uh, those uh, numbers of people that are being released, they're purposely uh, withholding that information. They've been told not to withhold that information. I now know that they're bringing people from McAllen over to Laredo, processing them in Laredo, and they're going to release them in my community. Those numbers of people being released, says Henry Cuellar, the Biden administration is purposely withholding that information. Now, why would they do that? How bad is it? Well, again, this is an elected Democrat admitting that he has no idea how many people are flooding into his community every day because the Biden administration is hiding that information. He's supposed to be representing this county, but he has no idea how many of these people will compete for his constituents for jobs. He has no clue how many of them are criminals. He has no idea how many of them have COVID. No one knows. The situation there is that out of control. And it's not just Henry Cuellar who's upset about it. Another Democrat from Texas, State Senator Chuy Hinojosa from McAllen, has charged the Biden administration is encouraging illegal aliens to come, which obviously they are. 
Quote, it's gotten worse, Hinojosa said. I don't think, quite frankly, the Biden administration was aware of what's happening on the ground here, which you can understand because they're just coming in and trying to get people up to speed with what's happening. But I don't think they were aware that, they were, that there were that many coming across. The Border Patrol is overwhelmed. They're throwing up their hands because they don't know what to do. Now, that's not a problem if you're Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. It's cool. But if you actually live there and you're poor, it's a huge problem. And you shouldn't be surprised by this. Our policymakers realized a long time ago that they could simply hide most of the relevant data on illegal immigration and no one would bother to look into it. Case in point is the total number of illegal immigrants living in the United States. It's been 11 million officially for decades. Everybody repeats that. They keep repeating that number, even when all available evidence contradicted that number. That number is a complete lie. There is some research out there, some good research, totally nonpartisan. And the best research suggests that there are at least twice that number of people living here illegally and possibly many more, quite possibly more than 30 million. But journalists and the politicians they protect don't get to the bottom of it because it doesn't bother them because they're all part of one class. They're the professional class. They run the Democratic Party and more illegal immigration means cheaper low end labor for them. It doesn't really matter what effect it has in the country. It doesn't really matter what more crowding does to the natural environment. We've got about 100 million more people living in the United States than we had 30 years ago. What does that do to the environment? No one cares. Who does it hurt? They don't care. Of course, if you are being hurt, you do care. If you're living in poverty in the Rio Grande Valley, none of this is an abstraction. The actual numbers matter very much to you. Fox's Casey Steele recently did what most journalists are refusing to do. He went down to the border to try to understand on foot with a camera the scope of the illegal immigration surge that has intensified since Joe Biden became president. The wave of migrants currently flooding America's southern border runs the gamut from entire families to children all alone. And now, once again, larger packs traveling together. Huge groups are coming in because they know that they're going to be let go. U.S. Border Patrol agents say it's not at all uncommon to encounter clusters of 20, 30, 50, sometimes even groups of more than 100 migrants wandering the desert and surrendering as the overall apprehension numbers keep ticking up. We're between 700 and 1,000 daily. Which translates into a shortage of detention beds and space, even as additional temporary overflow facilities are brought online. This is obviously a humanitarian crisis, mostly for Americans, but not just for Americans, for the migrants themselves. Whatever happened to those kids in cages, all those unaccompanied minors, maybe some of them don't have their parents with them. Nobody cares anymore. <laughs> it's hypocrisy, yes, but it's so in your face, you have to conclude the hypocrisy itself is the point. They humiliate you and wear you down by ignoring their own previous statements and blowing right past you with their new agenda. As Congressman Cuellar pointed out, all of this is intentional, from the way they're hiding the data to the complete 180 on the child overflow facilities. The people living in Star and Zapata counties voted the way they did for a reason. Is it surprising to you that they're being punished for it now? By the way, there's actually proof that the minimum wage did raise prices in Seattle and everywhere else. Nobody wants to report it. But that's the thing about the COVID relief bill. They're so overt with everything they do. We'll do it in our media section in a second. They literally are bitching about minimum wage and things that have nothing to do with COVID while they're saying it's 
raining cash and all of us. We're going to be able to live till January or July, excuse me. Then we have immigration. Just what the fucking fuck? New York Times' number of unaccompanied minors being detained has Biden administration filling facilities akin to jail. They won't say cages. New York Times correspondent reports that migrant children are being held in jail-like facilities for the longer than they're allowed. And they're using the same picture I am, which is really funny. Univision dismisses border crisis as alleged. Won't play it. It's, it's literally in Spanish. But the key thing from that Tucker soundbite, nothing they do isn't for fucking power. You heard that guy. They're watching the Rio Grande area. They're watching Texas. They want Texas bad. They get Texas. They have presidency forever. They got to pick up one more state because they'll have all the big electoral college states. So they're dumping new immigrants who will be more likely to bow to their Democratic masters because they gave them citizenship into red districts. Now you say, oh, this is just a one-off, Tony. No, 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 they did this back with refugees. The Obama administration. They put them in red districts to change the voting. I mean, the left is some devious motherfuckers. They, they don't do anything that it doesn't improve their chances for election. The right, well, they just want people to have a fucking ID, which is somehow voter suppression, which I still don't understand that argument, but whatevs. They just want that. That's all they want. And they redistrict and fuck shit up. Because, hey, that's not that bad. Both sides do that. The left, no. They jam motherfuckers into other districts so they can change the demographics. They move companies into red districts so they can change the demographics. Don't think it's just for taxes. All these people go, I'm so happy I'm getting these Silicon Valley motherfuckers. All you're getting is San Francisco motherfucker. You'll be hoping for another pandemic to get your bailout. How stupid do you have to be? Pro-life evangelicals for Biden. We feel used and betrayed. Because now all of a sudden they, they, they've realized that he's pro-abortion till birth? Brett Hume on the next one, the Capitol. I am certainly am glad we had those troops and the fences to protect the Capitol from the predicted insurrection of January 20th and March 4th. Oh, wait. Glenn Greenwald. This is how apocalyptic cult leaders always function. When the end of the world did not materialize on January 6th, Collins insisted that January 20th was a day of violent reckoning. When nothing happened on that day, he moved the doomsday date to March 4th. The flock cannot remain in a state of confusion for too long about why the world has not ended as promised by the prophet. So a new date must be quickly provided with an explanation for why this is serious business this time. They're going to keep them forever based on nothing. Because exclusive. This is who he's nominating for DOJ. Kristen Clark is Joe Biden's pick to run the Justice Department's enormously powerful civil rights division. Clark says her job is simple. It's to end hate. 
But like so many in her world, Clark is in fact an enthusiastic purveyor of what she claims to fight. Clark's been on this show several times. A new investigation, though, by our reporters has uncovered shocking, and we don't use that word lightly, legitimately shocking statements that Clark made in public while at Harvard. In 1994, Clark wrote a letter to the Harvard Crimson in her capacity as the president of the Black Studies Association. Clark wanted to explain her views on race science. Quote, please use the following theories and observations to assist you in your search for truth regarding the genetic differences between blacks and whites. End quotes. You know it's going to be interesting. And it was. Quote, one, Dr. Richard King reveals that the core of the human brain is the locus coeruleus, which is a structure that is black because it contains large amounts of neuromelanin, which is essential for its operation. Two, black infants sit, crawl, and walk sooner than whites. Three, Carol Barnes notes that human mental processes are controlled by melanin, that same chemical which gives blacks their superior physical and mental abilities. Four, some scientists have revealed that most whites are unable to produce melanin because their pineal glands are often calcified or non-functioning. Pineal calcification rates with Africans are 5 to 15 percent, Asians 15 to 25 percent, and Europeans 60 to 80 percent. This is the chemical basis for the cultural differences between blacks and whites. And five, melanin endows blacks with greater mental, physical, and spiritual abilities, something which cannot be measured based on Eurocentric standards. End quote. Let that sink in. Melanin endows black people with greater mental, physical, and spiritual abilities. No, that's not an editorial from the final call, Louis Farrakhan's free newspaper. That is a direct quote from the person Joe Biden is about to put in charge of this country's civil rights laws. Even at Harvard, crackpot theories like that were considered deranged and dangerous. After an outcry on campus, Kristen Clark suggested that she didn't necessarily believe what she had written. Now, the Harvard Crimson, a left-wing paper, did not buy that explanation. Well, does she or doesn't she, wrote the editors. So far, she has given us every indication that she does. And indeed, she did. Just a month later, Kristen Clark invited the noted Trinidadian anti-Semite, Tony Martin, to speak on campus. Martin, then a professor at Wellesley College, was the author of a self-published manifesto called The Jewish Onslaught. In it, Martin chronicled the, quote, escalating Jewish onslaught against black people. Now, for Martin's fans, like Kristen Clark, Martin's speech at Harvard did not disappoint. He attacked both Jews and Judaism as a religion. Tony Martin spent his final years giving speeches to Holocaust denial organizations on topics such as, quote, tactics of organized Jewry in suppressing free speech, end quote. Kristen Clark strongly approved of Tony Martin, and we're not speculating, because as she told the Crimson after his speech, quote, Professor Martin is an intelligent, well-versed black intellectual who bases his information on indisputable fact. So again, directly from Kristen Clark, Tony Martin's anti-Semitism was based on, quote, indisputable fact. Yeah, she's a nice person. 
And that second soundbite I got from Matt in Oregon, it, it leads us to our next segment, which is their gun control bills. Because while they're going to defund police, which they've already done with their bill, and they're going to put all these fucking extremist people in high positions to fuck everything up, they're going to take guns away. So we had the HR8, which was the enhanced background check. That fucking sucks. But Congress has 110 gun bills on the table. Here's where they stand. They have, um, let's see. One became law, just one of those bills passed for chambers. It was not focused on gun debate. It was spending bill, which ended with a partial government shutdown. Who's behind the legislation? Democrats have written most of the bills, 82. Two bills are the most of sports. Two bills stand out. Background checks, the Bipartisan Background Check Act, require background check almost every gun sale or transfer. Allowing exceptions for some transfers within a family would mean background checks at gun shows where most states do not currently require background checks when purchasing from private individual gun show. This bill passed the House with all Democrat support. Concealed carry reciprocity. I can never say that. Reciprocity. That's not even right either, but fuck it. We'll go with it. And that's where you can go everywhere with your concealed carry. Which gives the left what they want, which is a gun registry, because you're logging that you have a gun, they have your address, and it also makes you get some kind of education on the gun. Most states, you have to actually qualify. My state now, you just have to fill it out. They have the assault weapons ban of 2019, would outlaw the sale or possession of semi-automatic assault-style weapons. It would allow some individuals to own but never sell or transfer grandfather weapons already in their possession. It would ban high-capacity magazines, which would make the weapon useless. It only has a 20-round magazine, so what the fuck? I don't know what you could do. High-capacity magazine ban. That's a different one. Guns in school. That's a different one. Research on gun violence, red flag laws, has introduced an extreme risk protection order and protection prevention act to encourage states to adopt red flag laws. Those allow policing agencies, family members, and others to petition the gun to be taken from someone. The idea has been discussed. That one is the good one. The other one is the Protecting Our Communities and Rights Act. That one is where your neighbor just doesn't like you because you voted for Trump and he calls the cops. Blocking more people from owning guns. An alternate approach is found in bills by Klobuchar, Dingell, Kelly, Rush, Clark, which would expand the federal ban who can own a gun. Klobuchar and Dingell proposal would block stalkers and make it easier to stop domestic abusers. Kelly bill would add bans on people convicted of violent crime or stalking in the past 10 years and those convicted at least twice of drug or alcohol possession or distribution. Other ideas, one bill would use federal funds for mass gun buyback program. Another would make it easier to sue companies that make firearms or ammunition. Some bills tackle the issue of ghost guns, which are weapons with no serial numbers, often homemade. Others focus on the 3D printing. They didn't break it all down. H.R. 1446. um, That's not it. That's not it either. 
What is the new? They they had the wrong number. It was on last night. Let me get the uh, soundbite and play it because now I don't know the number. In his world, um, we were just talking with Congressman Richard Hudson about the Dems uh, sort of gun grab, the H.R. 8 bill and H.R. 1446. You've been well known for your support of the Second Amendment. Just give viewers a take on what what's at stake in those bills. Well, goodness, and and I'm glad that I'm glad that y'all are talking about this. I know that, so I know that 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 Feinstein has said that she's going to push forward another assault weapons ban or uh, confiscation of semi-automatic firearms. There are a number of issues that they're looking at, and I've said before that I really feel that the administration is is they don't have the momentum and they don't have necessarily the the political capital in Congress to be able to achieve something like this. So ultimately, you're going to see Biden go about this in a regulatory manner. And so the whole issue with the ghost gun bill and the universal background check, which is going to create a registry and expand a system that currently can't meet needs as is. And then, of course, you know, you have the full on uh, ban of semi-automatic firearms, which is what an assault weapons ban would be. You know, and I'll tell you what's at stake here. And and for Biden to do this in a regulatory fashion, you know, people need to remember that if whenever you have, uh, you know, president of the United States that uses his pen and, and exerts that executive power, that's all well and good. But that's only so long as they're in office, because then the next person is going to come after them. And if they don't share their same ideology, they'll just use their pen to undo it as well. But there is a lot of stuff at stake. And it depends, you know, to get to I could talk about this forever to get to your question. Uh, I mean, it, it depends on where they think that they're going to be able to get the, the most the most political capital. And honestly, I really feel like it's the ghost gun issue that they're going to try to go after. And just a, a reminder for people, ghost gun, it's just a made up term, kind of like assault weapon is to describe semi-automatic firearms, because all firearms, uh, if you're a hobbyist, you can make firearms perfectly legal to do at home. If you sell them, you have to serialize them, meaning you have to stamp them with a, with a actual serial number. People are not making these at home to go out and engage in crimes, and there isn't enough evidence to make a universal statement as such. So ultimately, I think that they're going to go after and criminalize hobbyists. That's what they're going to do. All right. House Republicans are calling the Democrats new legislation an attack on law-abiding citizens in the Second Amendment. Yeah, and votes are scheduled for this week for a pair of gun-grabbing bills. Sean, here's the breakdown. H.R. 8 would establish new background check requirements for firearm transfers between private parties. Essentially, it could turn legal gun owners into criminals for lending a gun to a neighbor. The other bill would extend a window for the government to respond to a background check and could even delay a transfer of a firearm indefinitely. Wow. Yeah, I, I have the media up there because, of course, they're not going to put any of this out. And it was 1446, but when you go to the House 1446, it's about a multi-species thing. And, and what's wrong with the second one? The first one, you could say, okay, got it. You want to do enhanced background, but it, the details are in there. It's still the registry concept. They want to be able to get a registry going so they can grab people's guns. The second one, if you're conservative who isn't an anti-Trumper, and you've been paying attention to the last six years in our country, do you really trust the FBI? The FBI seems to have a real bias problem. 
I mean, let's go down the insurance policy text, not going through Hillary Clinton's thing. That should have been a crime, but we covered for her, and then we came up with some lame-ass shit. The Wiener laptop, you did it in a day, and now we find when they do another... I mean, the New York Times even did. There was shit in there. Um, Going after Trump the way they did, going and ignoring Hunter Biden's laptop, Always putting out, every time the left does crime, they put out a new report on domestic violence saying it's white supremacists burning our cities down. Coming up with bogus intel over and over to extend the lockdown of our nation's capital like it's a green zone. So this three to ten day, most of us fear, I'm one of them, it'll just be based on your social media. Well, if you say things negative of the Democrats, well, then you're a white supremacist, probably. And if you're not for 99 pronouns and a bitch is not one, well, then you're a white supremacist. If you voted for Trump, you're a white supremacist. We have people in Washington believe that if you went to a Trump rally, you're a white supremacist. You should not be able to have a gun. And the FBI thinks that way. So why would anybody want that? It seems like it's... Oh, well, if you pass a law, then they're just going to keep passing laws. No, that's not what it's about. It's the people passing the law. They hate half the country. They want to put most of us in re-education camps. These will be abused. Because they're going to go to neighbors. They're going to go, well, did he ever have Trump shit up? Well, okay, we can't, we're not going to prove this gun. It seems far-fetched. But the FBI doesn't have a track record of being an objective organization. They're pro dem. But luckily, I live next to the major city and in a county that is now a sanctuary gun county. They're going to ignore all this shit and they're not taking anybody's guns. And I think that's pretty sexy. So, let's go to... Our media section really quick. I had two sound bites. I'm not going to play the second one, which was their love, because I'm playing enough of them supporting everything. Understand, the GOP, who I'm not a member of, is in charge of no levers of power in our country right now. But you can't tell it with these hate sound bites by our media. This legislation could have been on Joe Biden's desk by now, ready for him to sign if it wasn't for Republicans. Republicans have tried to delay the legislation. Check out uh, Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson's 11-hour stunt in which he forced Senate aides to read the entire 628-page bill, a time during which 900 Americans could have died uh, while they were delaying this legislation. They've tried to weaken the legislation. At a time of unparalleled crisis for millions of Americans, you got to ask, what are Republicans doing? Democrats control the White House, the Senate, and the House of Representatives. Republicans are the minority party in every sense, and yet they are fighting tooth and nail to get concessions that will weaken the economic assistance given to Americans in need. That's what this bill is. Why? Who do Republicans really represent here? They don't represent the 7 million children who regularly don't have enough food to eat. They don't represent the 13 million Americans who are behind on their rent. They don't represent the 400,000 small businesses that have been forced to shut down during the pandemic, many of them permanently. 
or the working families living paycheck to paycheck or the parents staying up late at night agonizing over, over how they will put food on the table. And you want to know how I know all that? The numbers. The majority of Americans in blue and red states support this legislation. 62% of registered voters support the relief bill. 67% support increasing additional employment ben unemployment benefits to $400 a week, not the $300 that they agreed to tonight, $400. Even 53% of Republican voters support the direct payments of $1,400. Republicans are actively and knowingly rejecting what voters want. They are pushing for smaller direct payments to fewer Americans against the wishes of Americans. So who are they representing? Let's not pretend that they're the party of fiscal conservatism and so they're not supporting the bill on principle. They supported a multi-trillion dollar tax cut that added to our deficits despite all of us knowing that that wouldn't pay for itself. Unlike when you give money to people who are actually trying to make ends meet that they have to spend in their communities. So this might give you an idea of who Republicans represent. All right. Janelle Monet. Hey, hey, Stacey Abrams calls you. You pick up the phone. That's what happens when Stacey Abrams calls. People pick up the phone and she wants you to write a song. Why did you say yes? And what a song you wrote? This was an opportunity to protect marginalized communities, protect people like my family, Stacy's family, our friends, those who are constantly being bullied. And I'm gonna keep it plain, the Republican party, the Republicans are bullies and they are bullying those who are disenfranchised, who already are having a tough time uh, voicing their, 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 their power and their, uh, you know, vote. And what I wanted to do was lend energy to that you know you know the lyric that's that stuck out to me the what you said and the way you delivered it america's america use a lie you said that was tough for you to sing but it was also very cathartic take us behind your writing process the message you wanted to put out well you know in order for us to heal as a country and and america is the only place that i've known you know my ancestors helped build this i am a proud american just like stacy is and, and so many of us and we have to tell the truth though in order for us to heal in order for us to 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 get rid of systemic oppression we have to tell the truth and i think what was most important was to create a song that draw that drew attention uh to the truth of what is happening um in georgia and around the world as it pertains to voter suppression Hey, uh, Stacey, it's Tony here. The, uh, this is a political issue, obviously, but it's not a two sides issue, because as you point out, there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud in this country, and there has not been. But there is concern when it comes to turnout and suppression. I'm curious, what's your theory on why politicians broadly, the Republican Party in general, doesn't seek to take in that wider majority, let everyone vote and get the most they can, and instead tries to fight or restrict access? Well, one of the things we talk about in All In is that this has been, from the inception of our nation, a tactic of people in power. And let's be clear, the Federalists protect, you know, practiced voter suppression. Democrats practiced voter suppression. Republicans are now doing it. But it Stacey. tends to happen when a community in power, a party in power, doesn't want to give up and doesn't want to lose their position. And you can do one of two things. You can either evolve your beliefs and your ideologies to bring people in, or you can try to shut people out. 
and the lazy approach is to shut people out. And unfortunately, that's what we're seeing. Mm, that was the follow-up question I was going to ask. Why don't they evolve their, their approach? Stacy, there's already a Republican group uh, that calls itself Stop Stacy that is trying to prevent you from running for governor in 2022. I know you've been asked this question repeatedly. I know you'll continue to be asked yes. this question. Yeah. So here it is again. Are you running? <laughs> <laughs> My focus right now is making sure we have elections in the United States and making sure that candidates who want to stand for office have the ability to talk to voters who believe. Why? And why are you mentioning Dr. Seuss and Hitler in the same sentence? You are, you, you're doing it. <laughs> I can't believe that we're... Because you're doing it. Just so, I just want to be clear, and I'm going to say it a bunch of times. The Dr. Seuss thing has nothing to do with Democrats at all. At all. It was the Dr. Seuss company who said, this doesn't meet our standards anymore. They took them out of circulation. Democrats had nothing to do with it. The president had nothing to do with it. Fox is stoking this stupid, I guess you can call it conspiracy theory, but it's a lie. Let's just call it a lie. No, nothing is being canceled about Dr. Seuss at all. Do you guys realize how you look? It's just embarrassing. I think we know exactly why they're covering Dr. Seuss so much, and I've said it before, because it is the GOP fake outrage machine. People are hurting because of COVID, a pandemic, an economic downturn. Dr. Seuss? It's all they've got. Do not fall for the okie doke. Republicans lost the House. They lost the Senate. They lost the White House. And they're still enthralled to a disgraced, twice impeached, one term former president. They don't care one bit about Dr. Seuss. They don't care about Dr. Seuss at all. They don't care about Mr. Potato Head at all. They don't care about Neanderthals. As a matter of fact, it wasn't Neanderthals. It was Neanderthal thinking which doesn't necessarily mean that you are a Neanderthal, but there's no nuance anywhere. It just means that. You know, the, the, the time of risk is, is, is uh, when it comes to Trump and his supporters comes more when he starts to open his mouth. Yes. Okay. But Trump doesn't give two flying flips uh, exactly what his followers think of what he's saying. He just wants them to send them $5 donations to his new super PAC. And he, and he understands that, you know, a fool and his money are soon parted. And, it, you know, and again, it goes to that old Lyndon Johnson trope about if you can convince uh, the poorest white man that he's better than the most educated, wealthiest black man, you know, he'll turn out his pockets inside out for you. And that's what Donald Trump's shtick is all about. To Trump, it seems like power, because taking power away from the Republican Party, the RNC, you know, the Trump's not the president. Democrats are the president. Democrats own the Senate. Democrats own the House. But all you hear is Republican, Republican, and them trying to clickbait more bullshit that Trump's going to lead this insurgency and take over the country. WAPO! Would you expect news from them? Opinion, comedians, comedians are struggling to parody Biden. Let's hope this doesn't last. They're not struggling, they're just refusing. 
Jim Acosta from CNN spoke at the AFC USA and offered his advice to younger journalists. Being grounded and being humble and thinking about where you came from and so on can get you pretty far in the business. Yeah, all these guys come from Democrat roots, activist roots, staff roots. They don't stop. New Teen Vogue staffers released a statement tonight saying they fully reject new editor-in-chief Alexi McCammon's college tweets mocking Asians. The tweets recirculated this weekend after Condi announced that Alex McCammon was a new Teen Vogue editor. It referenced in the statement, but I'm told staff sent a letter to Anna Wittar and CEO Roger Lynch expressing concerns about the hire. Statement from Condé Nats. Throughout her career, she has dedicated herself to being a champion for marginalized voices. Two years ago, she took responsibility for her social media history and apologized. I object to anyone running anything who was young enough to have had a Twitter in college. No shit. But they're already canceling her. The Joy Reid saga tells us what's acceptable in the media. And this is from Mediate, a liberal site. Enter the Republicans. Uh, this is from uh, that guy, uh, Steve Krakauer. Enter the Republican conspiracy senator from Wisconsin by way of Moscow. Ron Johnson said Joy Reid on her show last week. By way of Moscow. That wouldn't be much of a story if it weren't the third most outlandish thing Reid say in the last week. Instead, Reid is empowered to say what appears to be more hyperbolic and vitriolic comments, encouraged by our Twitter followers and apparently by our bosses at NBC. On Wednesday night, Reid out, the host, was opining on the decision by Texas Greg Abbott. We played it. There's a lot here to unpack. Reid's conclusion is that Texas is going to change COVID rules so black and brown people can make me my stakes. And he goes on, and I thought it was really interesting because that was my last podcast. She could say whatever she wants. In the Wayback Machine, you could see she was transphobic, racist as fuck. She's still racist, but she's black. So MSDNC will never fire her. And then an opinion article from the Daily Wire. And I'm going to tell you, I love this article because it's what I really talk about all the time. Don't fall for the legacy of media lies of omission. While it's crucial that we hold the media accountable for what they say, it's even more important to hold them accountable for what they choose not to say. And in the last five years, you've had example after example after example of the media omitting, shading over, not covering, Cuomo's glaring. Biden's sexual harassment, glaring. Biden's cognitive, glaring. And then every executive order not actually saying they're the most extreme things, not going into these bills, not covering that the COVID bill is just pork to bail out blue states. It's a payback for getting him elected. And the ever-present, Cuomo's not a Democrat, he's just Cuomo. But when a Republican fucks up, you know he's a Republican. As I've said on the show, it even goes to pictures, how they frame it. So I'm not as far as I thought, so I'm going to play a little media love, and then we're going into cancel, and we'll start with Bill Maher. Um, We just wanted to ask how you're doing. You know, we we were concerned uh, last week because you and, and 
so many of our colleagues have been on the receiving end of hideous, racist, or sexist attacks just for being a journalist, so much so with you that your newspaper, The Washington Post, put out this statement. The racist and sexist attacks have been vicious and typical. She and other minority women endure vile, baseless attacks on a daily basis, no matter what story they're working on or tweeting about. She did her job. She did it well, like she always does. Um, how was last week for you? Um, I, I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. Um, very uh, overwhelmed by the support from, you know, my employer, my colleagues, uh, from the public. I, I was flooded with very nice emails from readers uh, of the Post uh, and very thankful for that. Um, and just uh, it, it is an unfortunate reality of um, just being a woman, being a woman of color journalist, doing you know our jobs every day that we aren't subject to subjected to these to these kinds of comments and harassment online. Um, but I think just also what the what our you know what my boss's statement touched on was that in this whole episode there was also kind of a fundamental misunderstanding of what our jobs are as journalists. Um, I was told that I was, you know, making myself into the story, that it wasn't my job to, you know, take down a Biden nominee or whatnot. And I think that, you know, as, as my boss said. Well, Songman was doing her job. Um, that goes without saying. Uh, and the attacks on her were vile. Um, they just were. They, they were repugnant. They don't have any place in our society. But she's going to keep on doing her job and doing it as well as she does every day. And for that, we're grateful. A Washington Post reporter, Sung Min Kim, has been targeted with sexist and racist abuse from apparent supporters of OMB nominee Neera Tandon. Kim received a wave of ugly online comments after Huffington Post reporter Igor Bobik posted this image of Kim showing Senator Murkowski an old tweet from Tandon. The Daily Beast reports they did reach out to Tandon, but because protocol for presidential nominees states they cannot speak to reporters until confirmed, she declined to comment. Tandon did retweet the Washington Post denouncement of the attacks. The Post writes in part, quote, no one should have to deal with the hate that has been directed at Sun Ming. She did her job. She did it well, like she always does. We could not be prouder that she is our colleague and a reporter for the Washington Post. Um, so, Jean, your colleague was doing her job, and, and this story is frustrating on so many levels, um, but what do you make of this? 18, Frank Meek was already a notorious leader in America's neo-Nazi underground. He ended up in prison for violent crimes, and in the decades since, he's been dedicated to fighting racism and extremism. Last September, he even testified before Congress about how to do it. Frank Meek joins me now, and his book is called Autobiography of a Recovering Skinhead. Uh, Frank, thank you so much for coming on. I, I first want to ask you, regarding this arrested Trump appointee, he had a top-secret clearance. He presumably passed government background checks. What does that tell you about this election conspiracy movement and who it attracts? Well, you know, this, this attracts... Um Fortunately for us, it's tracking idol worshipers, which we should know that God's against that. So we're going to let that take care of that. 
But where we need to worry about is where this extremism is, 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 in, our, is in our police force. Um, that's the biggest concern we have to look at right now. How many police charge that building? How many police officers uh, couldn't make it because they were on duty that day? Like, there's a lot we need to look at in the policing because I think that keeps the wound of America's civil rights uh, open. The, the, the wound is from, from mostly police activity right now. So I think for us to stop the radicalization, we need to stop giving America red meat to fight over. And that is let's get true, real police reform. Okay, and I know you're a Black Lives Net, and you're now a supporter of Black Lives uh, Matter movement. Um, that that is a separate. You know, I, I was talking about cancel culture on my new Slate podcast, Kurt. We were, we were talking about this earlier. The other thing that I think is missed in these cultural arguments is that it's being used to fundraise. That Republicans, when they are not providing people with a $15 minimum wage, are then going to them and saying, send me $25, send me $100 to battle cancel culture. So really, is this just boiling down to another way to raise money off of people in the middle of a pandemic after Republicans have perhaps lost Mm -hmm. other forms of financial support? Listen, all that we have seen from the Republican Party during this time of Trump being the leader in the face of the party is them milking their core constituency for tens of millions of dollars and delivering them nothing but basically a death sentence. And again, it's, and I call it, it is the ultimate con that the, the very people that they pander to, this so-called working class, you know, hard, hard working family values, white voters, these are the people that they could never get in to the Trump Hotel. They can never get in to all of these great luxurious properties that they hold all these confabs at. They make fun of these people. They are using them, and they are using them to raise money and enrich themselves. It is the ultimate grift. And finally, new rule. It's time to raise awareness about a very serious problem. Raising awareness. We raise too much of it. And it's... And it's making us crazy, anxious, and depressed. Must we be sad about everything all the time? Most of which we can't do anything about? The ribbons, the flags, the ads, the hashtags. It's like that person on the plane in the next seat who won't take a hint that you don't want to talk. Please, I just want to look out the window as the engine explodes. And since it's award season, tonight I'd like to introduce... this ribbon to raise awareness for the growing epidemic of raising awareness. In March alone, we are marking World Glaucoma Week, National Poison Prevention Week, International HPV Awareness Day, and World Down Syndrome Day. March is also National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, Brain Injury Awareness Month, Bleeding Disorders Awareness Month, and National Deep Vein Thrombosis Awareness Month. That's the month of March for you. It comes in like a brain injury and goes out like deep vein thrombosis. Oh, and lest I forget, this Monday kicks off World Salt Awareness Week. A whole week to be aware of salt. (laughs) I thought we were. Is there someone out there thinking, why do restaurants always put the cocaine right next to the pepper? We're so aware 24-7 of every bad thing that could possibly happen that we've completely run out of colors. Purple is now the color for Alzheimer's, lupus, epilepsy, fibromyalgia, 
<laughs> whatever that word is. <laughs> and the opioid crisis. I used to like that color. Now it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> Everything you can buy now comes in a pink version to raise awareness of breast cancer, including a pink drill bit for fracking, which is probably giving us cancer. <laughs> Staples... Staples sells pink breast cancer awareness pens, paper clips, scissors, even a pink stapler shaped like a ribbon. Walking the aisles there is like a visit to the cancer museum. <laughs> Am I a terrible person because I'd like to buy office supplies without needing a drink afterward? <laughs> Football players with pink shoes? Look, let me go on record and say I'm against breast cancer, but I'm trying to escape for a few hours. Can I just watch the game without thinking about cancer? We've all heard about it. It's like, it's like raising awareness for death. Hey, what's that black ribbon for? Death. What's that? It's when you're not alive anymore. Would you like to hear more? Budweiser pulled their ads from this year's Super Bowl and donated the money to raise awareness about COVID, which I'm pretty aware of. Hey, Budweiser... You weren't put on Earth to raise my awareness. You were put on Earth to lower it. <laughs> Humans need to zone out sometimes. That's why marijuana is popular. And meditating. It's not a privilege to take a break from everyone else's problems. It's an imperative. Not every ad on TV needs to chastise me for not doing enough because I'm sitting around watching TV. I can't even watch The Price is Right without thinking about cutting my dog's balls off. <laughs> crew, crew members on the major airlines now wear Black Lives Matter pins during the flight. You know, you can support a movement without being constantly reminded of it. Can I just get a rum and coke and hold the white guilt trip till we land? <laughs> Must we use every available platform as an issue billboard? Clothing, commercials, social media, sporting events, award shows, milk. I feel like this all started with milk. Someone in the 80s looked at a milk carton and said, what a waste, not using milk as a vehicle for missing children to plead with you to put down the shredded wheat and get out there and crack my cold case. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Look, I don't have a lab where I can cure cancer. I'm not a PI. And that's the part about this stuff that bugs me. It's not actually doing something. That ribbon isn't there to make me think so much as to raise awareness of what a good person you are. This is to activism what putting a flag on your car is to patriotism. So in April, please, won't you join me for a chill the fuck out month? All right, some cleanup on aisle 10 because I kind of glossed over stuff and forgot some interesting things that I probably shouldn't have. Uh, first and foremost, the gun control. And I meant to say this, but I was speeding along, so I'm trying to take the, the show down a little bit because it's been a little long. While we're doing these gun things and they want to get you on a registry and stop you from buying and magazines and yada yada, Tucker did a great segment of the night. I'm not going to play it, but it literally talks about how they worked in Seattle to protect a 14, 15, 16. That was the years that he did it. 
gun felon who's not a felon. Social restorative programs. Keep him out of jail for drive-by shootings, all sorts of fucking shit. And that's the problem with the gun control to begin with. You literally keep saying, nobody deserves guns. We need to take all the guns away. But then you protect certain demographics and you don't enforce the gun stuff. Remember, Obama released a fuck ton of gun felons under his jails are racist shit. And we've seen through <clears throat> no cash bail, all this bullshit going forward. They're letting just thugs, white, black, Latinx, Martian, back on the street just to recommit crime. The uptick in gun sales that are record isn't conservatives. That's why they don't have the momentum. Nobody wants to talk about it. But after their summer of love, and I'm doing a lot of this today, but fuck it. Um, you literally have lefties scared. Black people are scared. Black mothers are scared. Everybody's scared. That whole segment on Tucker was a black mother saying this is just bullshit. Our family's forever changed and you're protecting this guy because he's friends with somebody. And he's a minor. Then our media hate, I forgot to talk about, um, you literally are allowing a white supremacist to be on there. And you're saying that white supremacist is the GOP. On the love one, the last ending, that is a Lincoln Project guy talking about grifting, which I thought was hilarious. But you start with the reporter who literally had her life threatened and at no time did CNN say, hey, uh, those were lefties. It wasn't conservatives threatening her, calling her a whore. It was the left because she told a Republican senator about comments by Tandon. But that's that omission. That's why I wanted to tie it in, but I'm kind of out of it today, and I didn't tie it in. That's that bias by omission. We just don't say it's Democrats threatening her life because the only people that do that are Trumper people. You know, MAGA. Mega's online. They own the internet. I mean, it's such a fucking lie. So to cancel, I got to start with this one. This is from Vox. The next frontier for animal welfare. Fish. Fish feel pain. That's, that's a real article. They actually wrote that stuff. And, you know, I... They come from my bass fishing, which my wife is a fisherman now. Uh, yeah, probably not going to be good then. And Vox, for its own goal, uh, people's replies, do fetuses feel pain? A staggering amount of evidence points to we at Fox never asked that question because we don't want to learn the answer. Cool. Now do the staggering amount of evidence for unborn babies. The whole world said it. You don't care about that pain. Kill that baby even after it's born. Ben Shapiro nails cancel cultural mob. We no longer have culture and counterculture. We have an anti-culture designed to tearing down all traditions and institutions. A reply. 
Tearing down the institutions is the only means. The end is totalitarian power. The Democrats are following China communist revolution to a T. They support free speech, created a corrupt one-party election system, and are using Antifa and BLM as their own red guard. And he totally on. And this is totally on. That there is they just want to remove everything. Keep you off balance. And yeah, we fall for it with the whole fucking Dr. Seuss shit. Excuse me. But they're doing it to deflect off all the crazy shit they're doing. Stand out on this one. CNN Jake Tapper gets dragged over thread on GOP reaction to Dr. Seuss. Jake Tapper. One of the weirdest part of this culture war is that self-styled warriors aren't willing to stand by the empirically racist images they're supposedly defending. Greek Eggs and Ham is not one of the books the Dr. Seuss Foundation decided to stop publishing. The NRCC will send contributors copies of The Cat in the Hat, also not one of the books. The actual books no longer being published are these ones. The Dr. Seuss Foundation explained its decision. Here are two books of here are two of the empirically racist images from two of those books. Ask yourself why the self-styled culture warriors standing up for Dr. Seuss don't know don't show these offensive images. I would submit that they can't can't defend the images because they're indefensible. I would suggest they don't show them to you on the floor of the house or in the little videos because they don't want to be associated with those racist images. I have not seen the offending images in every book because the Dr. Seuss Foundation has been vague and opaque about the specifics. So no, I'm not on board with the argument you're ascribing to me. I've seen similar suggestions of overreach from McGilliott's pool. Somebody responded. The conversation took another turn here. So in the spirit of dialogue, there is no dialogue. You will never do this for the left who have actually taken over the floor and done sit-ins. You support that because you're a fucking hack. It's fucking stupid. The whole concept is it's stupid. And what's scary about it, it's self-censoring. Just like the study just said. Sorry, I got some dicks on my nose. Self-censoring is our problem in our country because we're all scared to talk. Because of Twitter mobs with blue checks that are liberals. Business insider John Hothwanger. The current obsession among right-winger media with Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head is among the most bizarre manifestations we've seen yet. Their fear of white people becoming a minority. That's really what it's all about. Fear of not being in control. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, okay. Now they're doing the cat in the hat. Kathy Young. This from Vox.com and the reliable, terrible Constance Grady on Dr. Seuss is absolute gem shot chaser. Because it just won't stop there. You know it won't stop there. The cat, to be clear, I'm not arguing that the cat in the hat is definitely racist or that someone has to be racist to read cat in the hat to their kids. I would, though, suggest that this context makes a plot line the sequel where the cat smears ink all over the house. Then the kids yell at him to kill the stains, kind of uncomfortable in light of the racial history of the way black people, dirt, and ink are associated with pop culture. Correction, an early version of the article said the cat in the hat smears a house with black ink and the cat in the hat comes back. It was actually pink ink. They just want clickbait. They don't have Trump anymore. 
If Pepe Le Pew promotes rape culture, what about Coming to American 2? The New York Times on the case. Will fans of Coming to America like the sequel or chief film critic A.O. Scott on what he called a genial, mostly inoffensive, sometimes quite funny sequel to a beloved comedy? The World. If the New York Times says Pepe Le Pew adds to rape culture, what will they say about the Coming to America sequel where the entire plot is based on Leslie Jones' character date-raping Prince Akeem? Of course they won't. Charles Blow got all sorts of props on this one. He had so much fun with that that he wrote a follow-up. Right-wing blogs are mad because the Pepe Lude added to rape culture. He grabbed kisses a girl, stranger repeatedly without consent. She struggles mildly to get away from him, but he won't release her. He locks the door to prevent her from escaping. This helped teach boys that no didn't really mean no, that it was part of a game, the starting line of power struggle. It taught overcoming a woman strenuously, even physical objection was normal, adorable, and funny. He's now made a job out of it. His old job is Pepe Le Pew. But yeah, it's the right. The right's got a problem. They're making a big deal out of it. Disney Plus removes Peter Pan, Dumbo, and other movies for showing offensive stereotypes. Yep, it's the right. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. The New York Times. Unilever, which owns Dove, Axe, and other personal care brands, has said it would no longer use the word normal on its products. And it is advertising after a study found that it makes most people feel excluded. We know that removing normal from our products and packaging will not fix the problem alone, but it's an important step forward. Sunny Jane, Unilever's president for beauty and personal care, said in a statement. Ms. Jane added that the company was committed to tackling harmful norms and stereotypes. A spokesman for Unilever said on Tuesday that the company had over 200 products that include the word normal on the label. She said the company had already started to remove process with an aim of completing it by March 2022. <clears throat> Saying the word normal has been used to set you apart. Atta Jew, Jewel, a beauty journalist and an advisory board member of the British Beauty Council said, I am normal. My dark skin is normal. My juicy West African curvy body is normal. Everything about me is normal. Words are powerful and we're so used to having this unconscious bias. It just washes over us. We don't even realize what we're saying because we've been spoon-fed racism. Replies, straight cis people make up 95% of the population. Cis people, 99%. I think it's personally fair to refer them as normal. Definition of normal. If something conforms to a general pattern, standard, or average, you describe it as normal. But of course, that standard could change over time. What normal today may be abnormal in the future. That's from dictionary.com. They'll change it. Prager you. We should be worried about people who feelings get hurt by soap or another tweeter. Oh, for fuck's sake. Normal. Normal's racist now. Yeah, it's the right. They're obsessed with this shit. Now, I'm not being a hypocrite because I said we're deflecting off the important shit. We should be ignoring the Merkels and the bullshit. 
and talk about all their unconstitutional one-party rule crazy shit that conservative Republicans keep telling me that, oh, no, 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 it's going to, they're going to go too far. We're going to win back the House after they've rigged the election system so you can never win again. But okay. Mumford and Sons banjo player slammed on Twitter for supporting a conservative. He fucking stepped in it. Congratulations, Mr. Angio, Winston Marshall. Finally have the time to read your important book. You're a brave man. State Slufford's mod. The fact that it's twat from Mumford is openly showing his support for continued oppressive fascism. The interests of greed is almost normal now. He inhabits the same landscape most large brands do. Will exist in environments that offer service to free-minded people. It's fucked. Who even talks like that? Tell me it's not a cult when you speak like that. It's a fucking cult, man. Let me get my cult back up. Uh, yeah, let me do the cult. There we go. Ashton Pittman. This is so damn disappointing and really reinforces all the bad stereotypes about what it means when you hear the sound of banjos. Supporting fascism ain't a good look. Mumford and Son- Palmer report. Mumford and Sons are praising right-wing fascist Andy NGO. They really fucked up this time. The Horse Whisper. Do not congratulate. Not an important book. NGO isn't brave. He's a well-documented liar and propagandist. Get your head out of your ass. But it's the right. A Washington Post op-ed is calling for the cancellation of Jeep Cherokee for culturally appropriating the Cherokee Indians. Opinion, the Jeep Cherokee is not a tribute to Indians. Change the name. It went from the deep web to WAPO. But it's the right. Cancel culture comes to classic cinema. TCM wants problematic films reframed. Problematic. Gone with the Wind, uh, the Jazz Singer, Women of the March Fourth, Gone with the Wind, Seven Brides of Seven Brothers, Rope, The Four Feathers, March Eleventh, Women of the Year, Guess Who's Coming for Dinner, Jazz Singer, Gunga Din, Sinbad the Sailor, March Eighteenth, The Searchers, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Swing Time, Stagecoach, Tarzan the Ape Man, Twenty Fifth, My Fair Lady, The Children's our psycho dragon scene. All great movies, but when you watch it, it'll be reframed. Pointing out all its fucking horrible shit. ABC got dragged this week for this. Here are seven things pregnant and breastfeeding people should consider to make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccine. People? That's not a woman. That thing can't have a baby. It's a dude. You can take my penis and make it a vagina, but I still can't have a baby. I don't have ovaries. My titties will never make milk. I cannot breastfeed. Not chest feed. These nipples don't put out milk. 
I'm a guy! The fuck is wrong with you people? HuffPost! To show they don't even care about each other. BuzzFeed announced layoffs for HuffPost Newsroom on Tuesday, three weeks after acquiring HuffPost from Verizon Media in February. Layoffs hitting HuffPost today, weeks after it was acquired by BuzzFeed. 47 staffers in the U.S., ex-editor Harry Fry, closing HuffPost Canada, consultations on slimming down U.K. and Australia. HuffPost employees, after a year of working through a pandemic that isn't over, were invited to a meeting today with the password, Spring is here, where they were told 47 of them would be laid off. They would only know if they still had a job if they didn't receive an email by 1 o'clock. That's just fucked up. <laughs> then we have daycare. Cotke.org. Uh, cot daycare makes the world more tender. Silence the voice inside your head that has internalized the patriarchal belief that children are best loved at home exclusively by their mothers. What the fucking fuck? Reply, yes, that's why my son runs to his mother every day when she picks him up. Remember, everyone, if they get you to need the state more than your family, they've got you. These people want to fuck with the nuclear family so bad it's just fucking not even funny. My kid does not get raised by the state. Sex ed for social change. New York legislators... Want to mandate teaching kindergartners about gender identity? It's a black lady. Legislation sponsored by State Representative Senator Samara G. Broke, a freshman Democrat from Rochester, would tie New York health curriculum to standards written by a left-wing interest group that advocates sex ed for social change that would make those lessons mandatory statewide. Under the group Current Standard Public and Charter Schools, we'd have to teach five-year-olds about gender identity and instruct eight-year-olds on hormone blockers to prevent puberty and transgender-identifying preteens. Kids as young as 11 would get lectures on vaginal, oral, and anal sex. Study queer, two-spirit, asexual, pansexual, and other gender identities and receive explicit instructions on the use of external and internal condoms. Dental dams and other contraceptives. One person said, so would sex ed become before or after nap time? Would they still read Dr. Seuss? They're really making homeschooling look way better. Even if I'm working full time, I will homeschool my kids. There's no other option. There's none. This is one. This is not even a full percentage point of the country. 0.7%. I'll stretch it to one now because they're brainwashing kids. What the fucking fuck? March 6th, top 10 stories of the week for school. Number 10, incoming New York City school chancellor backs claim that America was built on lies. Number 9, Cornell renames English Department to Department of Literature and English as part of a decolonization effort. Eight, BYU. This is not new. I've already. This is stuff I already read. Cleveland State Professor Seven is indoctrinating the next generation of educators with critical race theory. Six, LA Teachers Union claimed California is propagating structural racism by reopening schools. 
five. They, they repeated one, so that's what threw me off. College course titled Radical Jesus Examines Jesus as Non-Binary. Go to fucking hell! Four, Illinois teachers shame for color of their skin and taxpayer-sponsored anti-racist training. I would quit. I would not go to one of these. Three, Arizona State Dean grading writing based on quality is racist. Two, after leading school closures, Berkeley teacher gets caught dropping his kid off. And number one, Arizona Education Department tells parents to talk about racism with their three-month-old. It's everywhere. It's just everywhere. South Dakota, Christy Noam signing bill banning transgender girls from female sports. This is the soundbite that goes with it. Let's turn the volume up because this is going to be good. Our son says since they, they of course don't fucking have a normal person. While the stupid video is running, so I, I can't fucking do it. Yesterday, I went to go get my blood tested so I can get my renewal on my yearly medicine. And when I was there, every fucking image on the board, they have this screen that flashes propaganda. It's the military. It used to be OPSEC, things like that. Well, what it was, was woke theater. And the most stark one was a girl that was a guy... Looking like she's going to beat the shit out of you holding weights. Soldier athlete. She had a mastectomy and everything. You could tell she had her breasts removed. We paid for that, by the way. That's the new army. Once again, we're not talking about important shit. We're just talking about wokeness. Let's get to this part where they have the... This is a this year alone. Axios following this story and is joining yeah, yeah, us now. Uh, you write for Axios. So your story um, has a really sort of simple graph that tells the tale often in pictures. And you see sort of, I'm just looking over here, you see 2018, 2019, and then 2020 the bills jump up. And then 2021 the bills jump up even more. And so I want to ask you, what is happening bills. between 2020 and 2021? Are, is this just sort of a continuation of the type of legislation um, that we have been seeing before? Or are there differences between, say, 2020 and 2021? Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you, Bob. So some of these bills we did see. That's a guy who looks like a girl. Yeah. It, it's good shit. Quite sickening and offensive. Glenn Greenwald shreds shameless journals like Taylor Lorenz. This is where it comes from. Taylor Lorenz. Just like Meghan Markle. Still playing the woman card, even though we don't have genders. For International Women's Day, please consider supporting women enduring online harassment. It's not an exaggeration to say that harassment and smear campaign I've had to endure over the past year has destroyed my life. No one should have to go through this. If you know anyone dealing with harassment abuse, please support them. Never downplay it or tell them to ignore it or ask them to rebut baseless attacks on your podcast for clicks. Using someone else's deep pain and suffering for clicks, listens, is offensive, gross, and cruel. I'm slightly open about some of what I deal with, but the scope of attacks has been unimaginable. There's no escape, and it's taken everything from me. The only mild solace i found is with other women who have had their lives destroyed in the same way. We've developed deep trauma bonds. 
No need to send me nice messages. I appreciate it, but the best thing you can do is call this stuff out when you see it. Support female and POC colleagues, and don't fall victim to bad faith attacks. Don't mistake harassment for Twitter drama. Our frame it as two-way street. I'm grateful to everyone building tools in this space and the tech leaders to make safety for all users a priority. And she put it all in quotes, because it's not for you, motherfucker. If you're a fucking gun owner, believe in pro-life, go fuck yourself. We're going to cancel you. To tackle the problem, we need technological change, cultural change, and a system of all support we're going through. Please read every word of this and try to understand the scope of the problem. These attacks are about destroying women's journalistic lives and credibility. In many cases, it's working. Maria Fessa, fighting an onslaught of online violence. Noam Bloom, pretty long-winded way of saying, give me money and jobs. 99% of please support group tweets are just thinly veiled, please support me personally tweets. Another one, Taylor catches an immense amount of shit, she also earns it. Journalists' beat is to get people in trouble, and I don't care about how they self-define the roles. Can't expect to not be mildly disliked. It's like crying about harassment if you work for internal affairs for the military police. Being disliked comes with the territory. They always claim this stuff ruins their life or pretends to make incredibly major life decisions that disappear shortly after. Emily Vanderwerf was like, my life is over, I'm quitting all social media, went on vacation and went right back to normal work and Twitter. Glenn Greenwall. Taylor Renz is a star reporter with the most influential newspaper in the U.S., arguably the West. Her work regularly appears on its front page. Her attempt to claim this level of victimhood is revolting. She should try to find out what real persecution of journalists entails. If you're going to insinuate yourself in a polarizing political debates and report or pretend to report on the powerful, you'll be attacked online. It can be extra toxic due to race, gender, sexual orientation, etc., but it's still just online insults. That's not persecution. With all the suffering and deprivation and real persecution in the world, it is utterly astonishing how often coddly, well-paid, highly privileged, coiffed, coiffed, insulated, protected U.S. elite posture on the world's most oppressive class. It's quite sickening and offensive. The enemy of the people. A dangerous time to tell the truth in America. He shows Costa's book. If you want to read about what actual persecution looks like, go check out what the U.S. and the U.K. did to Julian Assange. It's just like Merkel. They're important people. When they spend all day, Drew Holden... After 2016, the time expanded the intellectual diversity of the reporters in an effort not to be blindsided by cultural change beyond their bubble. Four years later, they pushed out or ostracized most of the voices of coverage is back to square one. Just a breathtaking paragraph. Some of the frustrations voiced by Hispanic Republican men are stoked by misinformation, including conspiracy theories claiming that the deep state took over during the Trump administration and a belief that Black Lives Matter protests caused widespread violence. They show it's billions of damage, fucking people dead. Insurance payouts, 2020 riots, mostly cost in history, could top $2 billion in major cities alone. The last report I saw was $66 billion. New York Times literally pushing a party line by claiming the belief that BLM protests caused widespread violence is a conspiracy theory and gaslighting at the same time. And you wonder why they, they get talked shit to. 
Cheryl Atkinson. It just seems like more are minders trying to convince us they're protecting us by their fact checks and by censoring what they say is disinformation. The more disinformation we get. And there you have it. There's your sign. New York Times blows the lid off Josh Hawley's prom date and middle school principal because they're trying to cancel him. Journalism at its finest. New York Times reports that Susan Rice has scented Stephen Miller's old office with sage because he was evil. Aaron Rupar takes on North Korea-style Fox Friends segment, supports the theory that MSM are so terrified of Ron DeSantis. Fox and Friends did a North Korea-style personality cut package for Ron DeSantis for some reason. Because maybe a lot of people in the country see him as a person that should be idolized. Unlike Cuomo. Here's a woke soundbite. Dr. Seuss story so much. All I can say is, wow. Why? Why are we? Let me tell you why they're covering the Dr. Seuss story so much. Yeah. Republicans, if Republicans had ideas, if they wanted to argue the principles of the COVID relief package and argue, you know what, maybe we didn't vote for that relief package because it should have had more, um, you know, the, the, the policies, right? It should have had more um, liability relief, for example, or the, or the state and local funding should have been directed, directed in different proportions. Like, they are not talking about ideas because th- their ideas are falling flat. It has to be a, a war of a cult of personality around Donald Trump and it and the culture wars yeah. are going to they're trying to use the culture wars to unify the base of the party. And that's all they've got. But this isn't even Republicans in Congress, right? This is Fox News. This is the conservative culture war distraction play. What, uh, you know, yeah. is something that, that Daniel Patrick Moynihan called another context boob bait for Bubba's. Look, let's have a reality check about Dr. Seuss for one second. And I love Dr. Seuss <laughs> was not canceled. Okay, his estate decided they would stop publishing several books because they contained illustrations that most people, if looking at them objectively, would say, "Ooh, that's pretty racist. Now, you can debate on individual books, but let's have the individual uh, images that cause the estate of Dr. Seuss to be feel uncomfortable and have people defend them. This is not a cancel culture moment. This is a distraction play, and it should not be occupying so much headspace, but it is because it's a proxy for real policy. Well, this tells you everything. In March of last year, the leadership of the United States and of China both declared national emergencies. In the U.S., Tony Fauci warned Congress that reopening American businesses could cause, quote, coronavirus outbreaks the government may not be able to control. Going outside, Tony Fauci said, was just too risky. Meanwhile, in China, where the coronavirus originated, a top advisor to the Chinese government declared that the country was experiencing a very different kind of threat, a more profound threat. The problem, he said, was a national masculinity crisis. Chinese boys, quote, have been spoiled by housewives and female teachers, and they were becoming, as a result, quote, delicate, timid, and effeminate. In essence, they were becoming people who might listen to someone like Tony Fauci. Left unchecked, said the Chinese government advisor, the feminization of Chinese boys would, quote, inevitably endanger the survival and development of the Chinese nation. In January, China's government acted on this recommendation. The Education Ministry of China released a notice entitled Proposal to Prevent the Feminization of Male Adolescents. The goal was to, quote, cultivate students' masculinity. Have you seen this on other channels, by the way? Kind of interesting, isn't it? China won't explain the reasoning behind this plan, but there are some clues. Last year, we learned that China has quickly developed the world's largest naval force. 
In 2015, China had 255 battle force ships. Now they have more than 360. And many of those ships are more capable than anything in the American naval fleet. So how are we responding to this? Well, at the White House yesterday, Joe Biden addressed it effectively. What's the American military's response? Here's what Joe Biden said. A mission to really change the culture and habits that cause women to leave the military. So we've got new hairstyles and maternity flight suits. Pregnant women are going to fight our wars. It's a mockery of the U.S. military. While China's military becomes more masculine as it's assembled the world's largest navy, our military needs to become, as Joe Biden says, more feminine. Whatever feminine means anymore, since men and women no longer exist. The bottom line is it's out of control, and the Pentagon's going along with this. Again, this is a mockery of the U.S. military and its core mission, which is winning wars. One of the few people who's been paying attention to this is someone who served in the U.S. military, Indiana Congressman Jim Banks. Recently, he wrote a letter to the U.S. Chief of Naval Operations asking why the Navy had included a book, Racist Filth, by Ibrahim X. Kendi on its 2021 reading list. Because that book teaches exactly what the Chinese propaganda ministry teaches, that America is fundamentally immoral. Congressman Jim Banks joins us tonight. Congressman, thanks so much for coming on. How could a book like this, really filth, wind up on a naval reading list? Hi, Tucker, I have no idea. I mean, we're in the middle of a 60-day stand-down, something that the entire military is doing to root out what they're calling extremism in the ranks. Right, right now we're in the middle of that. So you'll have to forgive me for being astonished that the top admiral in the United States Navy would put a book on his recommended reading list to every sailor in the United States Navy that says that America is racist, that capitalism is racist, written by an author that said that Amy Coney Barrett is a white colonizer because she adopted a couple of African-American children. I mean, this is astonishing to me because at a time when we're supposed to be rooting out extremism in the ranks, that's exactly what the United States Navy is pushing uh, to, for, the, for the sailors to read. That's why I wrote a letter to Admiral Gilday. I haven't heard back from him yet. I wrote it to him a couple of weeks ago to bring his attention to just how terrible of a concept this book is that divides us, that weakens our military, and that, that ultimately distracts us at a time when we need to be focused on the, on the threat that we face uh, in the great power competition with China, as you said, who has a bigger Navy than we do. So it's, it's deeply troubling to me, but I don't have a good answer for you why this book would be included on a reading list that usually includes interesting books about the geopolitical issues that America faces. And instead, there's a book on the reading list that tells all of our sailors, some who are very young, just out of high school, that they're racist and that America is racist. So if you wanted to destroy the U.S. military, you would tell people serving in it that the country is not worth fighting for. Is there any way to get this admiral and other flag officers up onto Capitol Hill and ask them why you're betraying your country and trying to destroy our armed forces? Uh, yes, uh, Tucker, the, the admiral, the, the top admiral in the United States Navy will come and testify before the Armed Services Committee. It will be the first question 
that I ask him when he does. I've met him before. I've had lunch with him. I, I, I can't for the life of me understand why he would defend uh, having this book on his reading list. Let me tell you, I served in the United States Navy. It was the most diverse experience of my life. Yeah. And I have never met anyone who raised their right hand and took the oath of office, put on the uniform, who didn't love America and believe that America was great. So why we would push a book and tell them to read a book that tells them that America is rotten to the core and that America is racist and the institutions in our country, including the United States Navy, is racist is beyond belief to me. Yeah, and should have to answer for it and, and pay for it, I, w I would say. Congressman Banks, I appreciate your bravery. Thank you. It's out of, out of control when it's in our military. I mean, that new Secretary of Defense, or Chief of Staff, and all this lockdown and our stand-downs and the PC bullshit, it doesn't belong there. Understand, never Trump conservatives who are feeding this there is no white supremacist problem in the army. If anything, it's the opposite. It's always been the opposite. If you served, you know what it's like. They can say or do whatever. They can call you cracker white boy. Nobody's busting out the N-word. There's no rebel flags. We've been checking tattoos since the 90s. This is all poppycock. Two, COVID. And it seems like part of the country feels like they've already gone past the finish line. Like they've already ran the marathon. They're over it. I mean, you see people packing into Atlanta for the NBA All-Star Weekend, even though tonight's game is closed to the public. Local nightclubs and bars are attracting are trying to attract fans. Some states are rolling back their restrictions. People are making spring break travel plans. How dangerous is this false sense of security right now? Well, I do think we're going to see another surge. Uh, I think even without the B117 variant, uh, because people are so letting down their guards, they're not masking, they're gathering in, in large groups indoors, there is no question we're going to see a surge as a result of this. And, and I can only hope that the rates of hospitalizations and deaths uh, are, are not on par with what we've seen with prior surges. Well, remember, vaccine passports or even vaccine requirements do depend on access. It's hard to impose anything unless you are pretty sure that somebody can get a vaccine. So I think it'll be a little while before we see this, let's say, within the U.S. But there are going to be communities and areas of the country where it starts to make sense due to high availability of vaccine to say, you want to come back to work in person, got to show me a vaccine certificate. You want to go in a bar, a restaurant got to show me a vaccine certificate. I think there will be some inequality in the U.S., but hopefully it will wash out quickly as the supplies increase very rapidly, and I think they're going to. It also gives you an incentive to overcome vaccine hesitancy. Some people are not sure still whether they want to do the vaccine, but if you promise them more mobility, more ability to get a job, more ability to get travel, that's a very powerful incentive to actually achieve fuller vaccination. Internationally, those problems are there. There's no denying it. There are going to be countries that are way behind in terms of having access to anything. But I'm going to predict that the world won't wait for vaccine passports until everybody is on board. I still think you're going to see some in place, despite the fact that this will isolate some countries and perhaps even cause them economic damage. It's just the better off and the lucky, in a certain sense, not wanting to wait for everybody to come on board. So let me ask you about the ethics of uh, a test. So after changes. Oh, yeah. Be careful. Don't 
an ID to vote? You fucking fascist, fucking racist, vote suppressor, but the passport. And Manchin's in a world of shit with those people, but the most important thing was that parents and child mass burning protests at Idaho Capitol, were they out of books? That's what people actually said. The left who's deleting books. Oh, okay. About 100 people, people, 150 people are gathered in Boise, Idaho on the Capitol steps to burn masks. Parents encourage kids to burn masks on Idaho Capitol steps. Get that hum off because it's starting to annoy the shit out of me. Were they out of books, Steve Marmel? We found a way to make book burning more dumb. Matt Inglazy. This was literally a fucking joke. I made up, are you fucking kidding me that this is really happening? Being under house arrest for a year while Republicans spread coronavirus and burn masks in streets because Facebook told them George Soros made them by hand and they have new germs on them. Can we send a TV contract to QAnon? He did that March 4th and then he saw this and thought, oh, look at me. The bad place. Ignorance isn't an American problem. Proud of their ignorance and pleased with their indifference to the well-being of others. Some of our fellow Americans continue to define deviancy now. And that's Bill Crystal, Never Trumper. Never Trumper. Guy used to push for freedom. And everybody followed that movement. They're still there. They won't leave. Then you saw the fucking video of the virtual kindergarten. How's virtual kindergarten going? This is Jersey Jackass Estranged Wife. People's reply, remember all we heard how screen time was bad for young minds and we subject them to hours of screen time? Where there's one teacher with this attitude, there are many more like her. I'll bet nothing happened to the teacher. Too expensive to fire, too much litigation involved. That's what the union dues are for. Guess they still haven't figured out how Zoom works. But those groups, oh my God, they're still losing it. Uh, KVUE News. Service workers to rally at Texas Capitol on Monday protesting the lift. A mass mandate. They can still wear theirs. Nobody stopped you from wearing it. But my favorite story of all time. Just of all time. Let me stop and put up the picture. 
LA Teachers Union, Bill Magoon, and leaked posts from the private Facebook for UTLA union members only teachers are warned not to post on social media if they go on spring break vacations because the optics will be bad for them while UTLA is refusing to return to unsafe in-person schooling. Statement from UTLA to Fox LA, when we asked about the post, we have a diverse membership. Diverse is like a, it's like a shield. All you got to do is say, we're diverse. And nothing's bad. Cuomo should just do that. Diverse. I bang diverse people. I sexually harass diverse women. You're good. Diverse membership, and they're able to post their views on personal Facebook pages in the Facebook group. However, UTLA does not monitor nor is responsible for the content. Nope. Nope. But you can't go in. Once again, Los Angeles Teacher Union votes to resist a premature return to school. Premature, but we're going on motherfucking spring fucking break. Responded. Spring break vacations. Huh. I mean, look at this. Trips for spring bake. The optics. The optics. I mean, we're Neanderthals to not wear a mask, but the optics. Please don't expose our hypocrisy. Teachers unions are a cancer. This week's entry for crisis communication, what not to do. If I were a parent, and I am, and sympathy for teachers unions have evaporated about seeing this, it's hard to argue that it is unsafe for in-person instruction if parents in the public see vacation photos and international travel. But they've all been doing it. Because, remember, they solved this. They elected Biden. And America solved it because we got rid of Trump. Chris Murphy Saturday, 10.37 a.m., home stretch, month two of the Biden administration, and we're about to pass a bill that ends the pandemic, cuts child poverty in half, saves thousands of small businesses, put $1,400 in pockets of every low- and middle-income America. Not bad. The whole world. Are you telling me you could have passed an end cancer bill instead of screwing around renaming post offices? Arbitrary cancellation of a pandemic. Who knew it was so easy? Politicians really can make a positive difference, impact how virology, science works, and make people forget about small business discretion. Of course, they've already told you they're, you know, you know race is a social construct, uh, age is a social construct, sex is a social social construct. They can just pass bills and everybody's black. No racism. You fixed it. A bill ends the pandemic. It's a shame you don't understand how dumb you are. ProPublica. The pandemic year has been brutal for young people and it's been much tougher in some places than others. Here's my latest for ProPublica, a story from a part of the country where the line between disruption and normalcy was drawn especially starkly and it just breaks down the devastating effect that has been happening to our children. It goes back to this. Let me go to this one really quick. And and I know I keep on beating the dead horse. Oh, we're about to cover that in a second. Damn you! What happened? There we go. Let's move it over here. That's the problem. That's what it's about. That's the real issue. How many fucking people are going to die of cancer? Because it's simple things you couldn't do. Yesterday I went to get that blood test, like I said. It took me a motherfucking hour. I was the fourth person in the door an hour early. And I sat there. And then an hour later, I got my blood test. Because of COVID protocols. 
How many people are going to die from regular bullshit because we can't go to a doctor because of exactly what you saw on that CNN soundbite that started the bumper? Just fear porn. They can't let go. Piss off this nonsense. Ezra Klein offers up crappy defense for Joe Biden getting a little sharp about politicians who undermine mass mandates. We played it, but I didn't read his reply. Biden's buried two children and a spouse who died because of disasters he couldn't stop. So he gets a little sharp when politicians undermine something as simple as wearing a mask to save the lives of other people, parents, spouses, and children as well. I've watched a lot of Biden's speeches. The refusal, particularly among political leaders, to wear masks gets him angry in a way little else does. I don't think you need to reach too hard to understand why. There's a little as real to him as a possibility and pain of loss. This is a great point. Ezra, you're so smart. Other people. Seriously with this shit? What are you, a fucking Pravda? But it defeats the whole purpose. If I'm wearing a mask, I can't get sick, right? That's why I'm wearing a mask. Or is it to spread it to other people? I mean, why are we wearing the mask? We bent the curve a year ago. But it comes down to that CNN soundbite. They're just scared. Suddenly today, I panicked about life. Into This is Emily Ramshaw. She's the CEO of 19th News. This is why everything's framed the way it is. They're all liberals. They bought their lies, because once again, it's just like all this, this uh, the, what they say about us. If you keep listening to uh, Ben Shapiro, you turn into white supremacist shit because it's exposure. So their exposure to Nazis and all this fear porn, well, they're all going to be Nazis and they're all scared of everything. So she wrote, suddenly today I panicked about life inching back towards normal. I want to travel endlessly for work. I don't want my weekends to be overcommitted with activities. I don't want to miss bedtime with my kids. I don't want to wear blazers or hell even shoes. This year has been heartbreaking, depressing, paralyzing in almost every way. But some things about it have also been liberating and I have to figure out how to cling to those things in a vaccinated future, even when others expect me not to. The thought of going back to my old routine horrifies me. Taylor Lorenz, the victim. Yes to this a thousand time. HuffPo editor-in-chief. Security expert, Jared Graff. I started to feel so much of this this week, too. I want to travel and eat out so badly, and yet I'm terrified about returning to life I had pre-pandemic. Emily Finn, I feel this in every way. Finally cleaned out my closet of heels the other day, and I put my beloved slipper collection in their place. Then I cried tears of joy. That's a conservative. Principled conservative. Brian Seltzer. This is exactly where Jamie Seltzer is right now, and I think it helps to hear other people say it too. Thank you. Hmm. But that's the entire establishment. Conservatives mock new CDC guidance for vaccinated people. Next, our diet rules limiting you to three baby carrots. Best practice in health emergencies definitely not to filter information to a public through elected politicians who are always campaigning whom half the population won't trust, but to have the scientists talk it. There's a middle ground here. I don't have to be elected official. The point is the CDC is delivering this information. It's depressing and awful. It's not helpful. It's hurtful. Anyone else watching these CDC guidance announcements feel like you don't live in America right now? Why is the CDC telling us what to do in my own home? Looking forward to the CDC releasing new dietary guidelines and allowing occasional caloric splurges consisting of 
maximum of three baby characters. Our freedom do not come from the CDC. Giving limited freedom to people fully exact vaccinated. That's a CNN article. They're giving you the freedom. Caitlin Collins, the CDC director, will announce guidelines for what vaccinated people can do during the White House coronavirus briefing at 11 a.m. Xavier Drahedrum, whatever the Secret Service tells them can do during the briefing, outside of the White House, whatever the hell they want. We live in a free country. Do you mean what vaccinated people should do? CNN, the CDC released giving limited freedoms to people fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Here are the rules to keep going forward. And I'm not even reading them. Giving Checking Constitution for the part that says the CDC. They're just high on the fascism of leftism. I said it for fucking four years under Trump. I'll say it for four years under Biden. I'll say it, well, really Harris in a bit. I'll say it over the next lefty because we're never going to have a Republican president again because they're allowing him to do H.R. 1 and all this other shit. They're the fascists. They've always been the fascists. That's why they talk about fascism so much. They project the other side's doing what they're doing. You saw that CNN segment. Oh, they don't have any policies. But you don't even talk about the left's policies. You talk about utopia. And then you don't talk about the details. CDC reports 1,637 deaths from COVID vaccinations. Nobody will report it. And then you got to try to get some fucking pushback. I found this on Mediaite. Dear news media, being skeptical of science experts is not anti-science. Especially when COVID or Cuomo was allowed to be anti-science the whole time. We find out. But it was Trump. But wait. I don't know who it was anymore. They told me not to wear a mask. Then they told me to wear a mask. Then to wear two masks or four masks or don't wear a mask. When I get a vaccine, I can't go and leave my house. I'm still in lockdown. But I'm vaccinated. But what? Then to Cuomo. I'm going to cover it every show. TV smothers Cuomo nursing home deaths with harassment charges. Of course. They don't want to cover that shit. TV News HQ. Cuomo scandals. Evening newscasts spend far more time on harassment claims than nursing home deaths. 44 minutes and 14 seconds have been covered. Which is not a lot. And if he was a Republican, it would be 80 times that. CNN would still be talking about it. On harassment. Because the sixth woman has come forward. Remember the lady said if it was more than three, he goes home. Uh, They're not talking about that. 15 minutes, 35 seconds on him kill grandma to the tune of 15,000. You know it's bad when rampant sexual harassment accusations are being used as a smokescreen. Yeah, no shit. Six woman faces new allegations of sexual harassment, this time executive mansion from a female aide. Cuomo inappropriately touched her late last year during an encounter at the governor's mansion when she had been summoned to do work. Cuomo faces new harassment allegations, this time in the executive mansion. Then we find out his perfect book, Andrew Cuomo book promotion, halted amid scandals over nursing home deaths and harassment claims. The book is not being stopped for fucking killing grandma. It's because sexual harassment, because we still do have two genders, unless we're talking about tranny stuff, I guess. I don't know. Max Boot, 
Cuomo, dishonestly, dishonesty is inexcusable, but the COVID deaths rate in New York nursing homes is only the 18th highest in the country. Mississippi has highest nursing home death rate by far, and far times higher than New York's, where it wears the GOP criticism. Black guy! Did officials in Mississippi conspire to cover up their death toll? See, they don't make the point because they ignore the point. Their fucking number one thing is to spin it off on the right and say it's those motherfuckers. Because the point isn't now he killed them. The point is he lied multiple times for political optics like the teachers union. That's the fucking point. This week, to change subjects, let's go to FOP News. FOP News! All the news the news ignores because it hurts the left. NYPD released some videos that are pretty shocking to those that believe we should defund all our police and our police are roving band of KKK, Jim Crow era fucking vigilantes. No major media covered this. We will. If you can get a locksmith here within, you know, as soon as possible, that, that's a good idea. Or okay. go, where does your sister live? Oh, he's coming. That's him. That's him.
Why doesn't that make the news? Criminals who attack the cops and then get shot back unarmed, supposedly, even though they weren't unarmed. That makes the news. And they never cracked the record. But that doesn't. It came from Delane Squires. A little more on this incident. Both officers were wounded, but they returned fire and killed the gunman. Thankfully, they were in a home at the time because there's a good chance that woman would have been killed that day. If you had any questions about how quickly seemingly innocuous situations escalate, watch this. I believe a national conversation on policing is a good thing, but it's hard to have an honest conversation when much of the public has no idea what's going on on everyday streets. Detective Endowment Association. We'll hear polls say New York City is lucky to have brave police and we're fortunate that we weren't seriously hurt. But it's meaningless when they pass laws that embolden violent criminals and dangerous all. Six cops shot in five months and they still haven't woken up. Here are the dangers a New York City cops face from everyone to see, including the polls who pass laws that embolden violent criminals and make our job harder. Two officers shot last night. And luckily to be alive, New York City, all ill-conceived laws are failing us. And that tweet came from March 8th. But yeah, it's the cops. They're just KKK in blue suits. And the last thing before we do, well, let's, we'll cover this last. Let's do something that I really have been wanting to do. A little music. And I woke up this morning... Super Unknown, Soundgarden. One of my favorite albums of all time. I remember being a young kid and hearing it. And it's one of those albums you can put on and every damn song is fucking fabulous. But this video is an interesting story. The whole video was coming up because uh, Chris Cornell, who, God rest his soul, missed him, heard an announcer on the TV say, blah, 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 Black Hole Sun, blah, blah, blah. And the black hole sun stuck in his head. So he went home and he had a tune and he whistled it, came and laid down. And I didn't know this. He laid down all the guitars and the tune and brought it back to the band. They all said, oh, freaking this is awesome. And then they tweaked it from there. So they made the video and the video was pretty low budget until the album blew the hell up. It's like triple platinum, quadruple. Tri- and they've sold hundreds of millions of copies of this. And then they resold it. I got the box set that came with a book and a hat and a sweatshirt you see me wear. Um, <clears throat> when they re-di- released it on the 25th anniversary of it. But uh, it didn't have all the fancy stuff. And if you look at this video, the fancy stuff, this is from the 90s. And anybody who's a sci-fi guy or a horror movie like me, um, literally... This is Skyline. They're sucking people up. So it's it's pretty cool. So I want to, every once in a while, once again, this isn't my music. I want to play, a, instead of military uh, zen today, we're going to play a kick-ass music soundbite. And uh, it's going to be Soundgarden Black Hole Sun today. Lies the snake in the sun in my disgrace. 
Just a classic, classic album. Everything about that is just fantastic. We end on a serious subject. And it's something I'm going to try to cover going forward. Because the ties with Biden and the Chinese are now affecting more than just our policy. It's affecting the Olympics. First independent report on Uyghur treatment find a China in breach of 1948 UN Genocide Convention. Three million people in concentration camps. Uyghur people are forced to denounce their beliefs. Han Chinese workers are sent to Uyghur homes. Uyghur children are separated from the parents and are sent to orphanages. Uyghur women are forced to marry Han Chinese men. Their humans are harvested for profit. This is out of control. We literally have... Disney bowing to them, thanking them for letting them shoot Mulan. And this is the heading from the USA Today. 2022 Winter Olympics without the USA. Push to boycott grows over China's alleged human right abuses. Human rights groups and some Republicans in Congress say a U.S.-led boycott would send a forceful signal to China as well as other authoritarian countries about America's commitment to democratic freedoms and President Joe Biden's willingness to confront Beijing over its own advisors have called a genocide. Others say the U.S. should not boycott the Olympics, but want Biden to use America's clout to prod the International Olympic Committee to move the games from China to another host country. Either mode would be fraught with controversy mixing sports and geopolitics at the time when U.S.-China tensions are already high. Other countries, including Canada and Australia, are in the midst of heated debate over whether to endorse, endorse a boycott. Any decision about a U.S. boycott would ultimately rest with the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, which has so far declined to publicly entertain the idea. Opponents of a boycott say it will accomplish little to nothing except to deprive star athletes the opportunity to showcase their prowess and to mar what should be a dazzling international spectacle. Those other people, of course, are liberals. The thing that is so hypocritical on this is these are the first people to defend Islamists who blow up shit in our country. Go back to all the Obama shit. Go back to 9-11. What did they do? These are the same people who didn't want a 9-11 memorial on the 19th anniversary. This year will be the 20th anniversary. They always rallied to Muslims. But in this case, for whatever reason, they're just ignoring what's happening in China. China is not our ally. I'm not a Trump person. I didn't follow Trump. I don't think he's a great guy. I voted for him because he's a lesser of two evils with this shithead. Incoherent as we started the show. Fully dementia. Can't even tell you what the Pentagon is. Can't name people's names. Doesn't know what he's saying at any given time. The teleprompter is a Martian machine to that dementia-having motherfucker. But his ties to China are now going to be tested. Nobody has proven that all the accusations are false. I mean, for fuck's sake, there's a laptop. We saw it, even though the liberal FBI decided to not do anything about it. He made a lot of money. More money, more money, more money. He made it rain on himself. The WAPO would say. 
we should not go to these Olympics. The country that spends their whole time, the party that spends its whole time saying America's a racist shithole with marauding cops and KKK hoods killing black people, all based on falseness, are allowing COVID-affected illegal immigrants come here and Meghan Merkel coming here because we're less racist than the monarchy. Either your narrative's full of shit or you're full of shit. And we're supposed to be standing for principles and the most powerful in the world, we should not go to this Olympics. China is affecting a genocide on Muslims. And once again, this isn't about Biden and Democrats and flipping. I'm all for smoting Islamists. Kill them all. I had no problem with Obama smoking whole motherfucking, doing a bunny from platoon and let's do the whole fucking village to take out one bad guy. Had no problem with that. Just thought it was hypocritical because they called, you know, they said that uh, George W. Bush killed all sorts of babies and shit. But Islamists and people that are Muslim and believe in the faith of Islam are two different things. Though most of it is anti-American and most of their shit is infidel. You must fucking smote the infidel. Not everybody's out there fucking grabbing a fucking uh, a fucking uh, vest and blowing shit the fuck up. And these people clearly aren't. They just have a faith. I understand the Democratic National Committee, Biden, CNN, MSDNC, ABC, NBC, CBS, and PBS, WAPO, and the New York Times. You hate Christians, but you usually love Muslims. These people are Muslims. So you might want to get off your ass and do something. So this ends another episode of Flyover Politics Podcast. Please share it with your family and friends and go to F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com, com to get the video and the audio. Send me a message. You can do about everything at FopPodcast.com. It's a great place to go. I'm telling you. If you're a purist, go to SoundCloud. I put a new link for Rumble and SoundCloud for all the inventory. Every episode I've ever done, except for the first 14, are on SoundCloud. I keep six episodes at a time of the uh, of the video on Rumble. The link is in the top of the podcast.com. What the fuck is that? Um, <clears throat> website, so you can go get that. As always, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs and tune back in to Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It should be the 14th, but let me make sure. Yeah, 14 March, year of our Lord, 2020, for another exciting show. Thanks for listening, and take care.